Welcome to the Woman Who Rubs the Mountain podcast, a gathering place for conversations about ecological embodiment and intimacy with place. I'm your host, Kendra Ward, acupuncturist and land alchemist, currently living on traditional Abenaki land in what is now called Vermont. In these explorations, we wonder, what happens when we rub on the body of the earth? How does the earth brush back against us? Waking up from a great forgetting, these inquiries bring us to the fluid interfaces of human body and land body. Along the way, it's my hope that we diversify our sense of relational kinship, discover creative, disruptive ways of living beyond our human-centric tendencies, and make wide space for a new, old, earth-honoring culture to reemerge. Because in these joy-soaked but bleak times, falling in love with the land and the beings where we live is truly the basis of healing and reconciliation, a resistance against ecocide, and the special work of our human hearts used well. Welcome, everyone, to an episode in the Embodied Elements series. By embodied elements, I mean, how is the season, the shift in carbon cycle, and the ever-evolving changes in landscape, changing your internal landscape? What is there to discover in the overlapping spaces between these inner and outer wilds? I happen to live in a place with intense, dramatic seasonal changes, and this may or may not be the case for you. Perhaps you live in a place where you really have to slow and listen to perceive the shifts of season. But I just want to give thanks for the gift of movement, of change, of dynamism, of transformation, and how these shifts really keep things fresh. They clear any building stagnation, and they bring this health to our human bodies and the land body. I really, really love doing these special episodes about the elements because I really love the seasonal invitation to go deep into how the cycle of transformation lives in us. With every turn of the seasonal wheel, every year that goes by, I've learned to listen and listen that much deeper, to let myself be informed by the land, the plants, the sun, the moon, the gods of weather, about how to live my life. Never static, always shifting. So today we're going to feel deeply into the themes and soul questions of the earth element, which in East Asian medicine relates to late summer and the spleen, stomach, digestive system. I have always thought it's particularly cool how East Asian medicine has this extra little nugget of a season tucked in there 
between the blazing heat of summer and the crisp mornings of fall. And I'm recording this a little bit later than I wanted to. So where I live, I'm already starting to really get those crisps, crisp mornings. But if you're not in the Northern Hemisphere, you can still listen. And just remember that the axis, the polarity of late summer and late winter are always speaking to each other, always interdependent with each other. Or you can come back later to this episode when it's late summer for you. So in this episode, we'll explore things, all things earth element in our bodies, in our minds. How have we been digesting our world? We'll also tune into how we might be more discerning about what is truly nourishing. What does soul-soaked deep nourishment feel like? And how do we really get ourselves full? So in an effort to make sure that we're all starting in the same place, let's just take a moment to give a nod to the five elements according to East Asian traditions. So the five elements are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. These old primordial powers are not just ideas. They're not simply theoretical. They don't just live in some thick-ass book somewhere or in the minds of philosophers somewhere entirely outside of us. No, we make them animate through living them into being. They are all around us. They're in our bodies, in our environments, And we know the elements already, whether we realize it or not. And this might sound strange or abstract, but the truth is that we all know the elements already. We all know the seasons in our bodies, in our cells. We all know that explosion of hope in springtime when the land starts to wake. We all know that contracted grip, that underground nature of winter. And some part of our animal bodies understands that winter is the time of the quiet seed. Spring is the time of the sprout of the shoot. Summer is that full armed open hearted blossom. Late summer is the plump fruit. And just to finish the cycle, autumn is the dried husk falling back to the earth. So I find late summer to be blessedly complex. Some plants are just beginning to fruit while others are in various states of decline already. So somehow the energies of the earth are still growing and abundant and generous. All the while, they're also mysteriously moving towards dwindling. So I'm noticing squash blossoms and sunflowers and goldenrod. They're all in their full-on buttery radiance, while some of the trees, the leaves are yellowing already as they're getting ready to fall to the ground. So I'm seeing yellow in its like full-on alive expression, and I'm also seeing yellow in its expression of decline. It could be argued that this is actually one of the most challenging transitions of the entire seasonal wheel, the beginning of everything falling back to the earth. 
there's this very real palpable sense that the peak of growth season has passed. I'm wondering if you're if you're really feeling that in your body. The earth element conjures themes related to harvest and gathering and digestion. All the while, it brings us deeper into our flesh, our embodiment, our black soil centers. This is an element of substance, form, really feeling into the solid weight of our beingness. We are no longer flowers blossoming ourselves out towards the sky. We're no longer in the floaty realms of the heart and peak summer. But instead, we're really feeling our feet on the earth, a fullness in our bellies. Like a a feeling of our flesh in space, moving wishful ideas into reality and taking abstract thoughts and forming them right in front of us within the material world. So without fail, I always feel like I learn the most about the five elements from my plant and animal friends. Last year, I remember coming across this one last blooming goldenrod when all the other goldenrod had faded. And on this blooming yellow proud loner, were the most bees that I've ever seen in one place on one tiny little plant. They were bees of all kinds sharing space. Bumblebees, honeybees, sweat bees, all together sharing every last tiny space on this goldenrod. And energetically, metaphorically, this really felt right on to me. This time of year is filled with an urgency, like they were vibrating this urgency. Um, There's this difficulty in the transition. There's an industriousness and that survival need of harvesting. And then there's also like there was a sense of one last faithful embrace between lovers, having to endure a good long wait before seeing each other again. And in the case of goldenrod and bee, probably it will be a reunion between their descendants. So let's just take a moment to think about what we've been observing in the living world around us. Perhaps the geese have been more present in the sky. The squirrels have full mouths running across the street. The grass is growing extremely slowly or truly has stopped growing. Um, Maybe your belly is a little bit more interested in soup or tea. The realm of busyness and distraction that we live in as modern humans could truly keep us humming along the same way endlessly. But the animals know, the plants know, the changing light of the sun knows. And it's through their bodies, their behaviors, they teach us about the transition coming. And it's a good practice to let these beings and forces take the lead in our lives, to teach us and show us how to live and flow with the seasons, the shifts in energy. So let's tune in a little further into what's happening in our human bodies this time of year. So we're really in the middle. The energy of our bodies is no longer flowing upwards and outwards. 
with the that open-heartedness of summer. Well, it's also not going down all of a sudden um, the way that it does in fall and winter when it, it starts to head toward our, our kidneys and bones. But instead, we are in the digestive middle. We are tuning into our bellies. We're gathering and digesting and using the bounty of late summer well. So on the physical level, we might tune into or pay special attention to our mouths, our stomachs, spleen, pancreas, our blood sugar levels. These are the systems in the body that are related to transforming and transporting, rotting and ripening. And it's not uncommon that oftentimes this time of year, a little reset with our bellies is needed after maybe eating too many sweet fruits or raw food all summer. Maybe we need to start cooking, gentle cook a little bit more. Maybe we need to slow down in how we're eating and chew longer to re-engage with and really taste our food. Maybe we need to tune into the food on our plates before eating, taking a sacred pause And just contemplating the lives of those plants or animals, seeing them more purposefully, giving thanks for their life force and how it will add to our own. So we might eat the most gorgeous organic food in the world, but it can pass through us without us being able to absorb any of that bright life force if we're not able to receive it fully. So... I see this often when someone's eating beautiful, fresh food and their digestive organs, um, the chi of their transformation and transportation process is so weak that their body is not actually absorbing very much. Sometimes it's that they're eating so fast that the body is struggling to absorb. And other times it's that the digestive system itself is just struggling to do that absorption process well. So this can be a really powerful time of year to tune in, to recommit, or just really pay attention to how we are physically nourishing ourselves with food, tuning into any poor eating habits that have sort of snuck in over time, any disordered eating, rushed eating, excessive sugar. Sugar might feel like it gives us an energy rush in the moment, but really it weakens our bodies over time creating uh, unrooted sort of frenetic energy in the body. So from here, we might expand out and tune into other kinds of digestion. How am I digesting other types of stimulus, news, screen time, social interactions, other forms of information or experience? How are these quote unquote foods, so to speak, nourishing me well? Or are they just a form of junk food? Are they things that taste good momentarily as entertainment, but are just leaving us sort of bloated, malnourished, or kind of churny? Because one of the shadow sides of the earth element is stagnation. Stagnation comes when there's a lack of flow, right? We're just stagnation comes from not processing well, when we're holding on to things, or when there is this psycho-spiritual phlegm from unfinished business, we're not fully processing our feelings. 
And it relates to one of the prevailing emotions of the earth element, which is worry. So I I hope you can like feel this in, in your body, how worry is this form of psychological naughtiness. You know, the way that knots of worry, where do they hide out? Yeah, they hide out in the belly. So poor boundaries, brooding, looping obsessively, or thinking for thinking's sake without any sense of deeper resolution is like we're just chewing on the same mouthful of food forever without ever really actually swallowing it. And just as we might experience sluggish physical digestion, we might also struggle with a soul-level indigestion, a psycho-spiritual phlegm, a kind of hanging on to unfinished business. It can just feel hard to let things go. I'm wondering if you're relating to this at all. I personally happen to be born into this planet smack dab in earth element season. And I feel like I've always had a strong constitutional relationship with its themes. And this is something, you know, that's really been a theme for me in the longer term, like letting things go. And we can, we can have a constitutional or sort of spirit predisposition towards a certain element. Um, We can also develop a weakness or kind of a a special challenge with a certain element by the way that we live or what we experience. So for example, it's not an uncommon theme for humans who come from a background of early childhood trauma, overthinking, over worrying, um, this sense of like really uh, through the mind, always being ready and vigilant so they won't be hurt again. Another iteration of the same theme is um, in some instances of of early exposure to alcoholism or severe family dysfunction, um, it can result in a coping strategy of blending borders or taking on others' pain or affliction as a way to try and lessen their load. So when the earth element is harmonious, we feel satisfied, we easily incorporate moderation, And we have good boundaries around taking care of ourselves and others. So the archetype of this is really the divine mother, which we associate with nurturing, sustaining, loving us on all levels. This is the reason why we call this planet Mother Earth home, right? She's the great mother. There's this energy of generosity, fertility, abundance, uh, the energy of an uncomplicated breast of warm milk. When the earth element is out of balance, we run into the archetype of the smother mother, an energy that's suffocating, cloying, heavy, chronically worried or unsatisfied. You can think about it like what it feels like to be forced to eat beyond being full or having your every move watched or having your entire life scrutinized or worried about. And this really leads to a sense of oppression, of stagnation, a longing to burst free. So no matter what your relationship is like with your physical mother, 
Through the earth element, we can remember that there's this vast collective cosmic community of mothers and grandmothers who nurture this entire terrestrial enterprise. Everything we experience in our earthly existence is really because of these divine mothers of creation who've allowed it to materialize, their energy sustaining all things. And it all comes from her, her with a capital H, her, which includes he, her, they, us. She births them all. Like we're all coming from a mother who comes from a mother. So I'm imagining these these spirit grandmothers, um, you know, if we trace the line back, I'm imagining that they would ask us the pithy primary question of the earth element which is, what does it mean to nourish ourselves well? What does true nourishment really look like? Because there are a thousand ways to seek mediocre nourishment, but it's a lot more challenging to connect with what really genuinely enriches our lives. And the truth of it is that most of us skim the surface of sustenance from our choices in life, the people, the food, the images, entertainment, the other environments that we might engage with, because we're taught to be overly fixated on these external sources of nourishment, taking and extracting without focusing on a soul nutrition that fills our true inner needs. When we go beyond our cultural indoctrinations of nourishment, meaning shopping therapy or spa days or even a nice long nap on a Sunday, which is awesome, by the way, we might remember that true nourishment comes from weaving and reweaving our inner lives, returning to that place of deep connection over and over again. Returning over and over again to our inner mother, returning over and over again to that deep kind of satiated full belliness, contentment, contentment as a radical proposition. When that fullness in our bellies like expands out into our hearts as well, when here we find a richness that goes beyond anything we can access on the material realm. Um, It's a sense of the inherent enoughness of our lives. So what gets us to this inherent enoughness pretty quick? Um, I find gratitude brings us straight there. I feel like gratitude is relevant to all of the elements. Like it's it's not a one element thing. But it really does arise profoundly during this harvest time, right? Because you're like, thank you, Mother Earth home, for this bounty, for this food, for this life. So I'd love to read you a little passage from Braiding Sweetgrass. And this is Braiding Sweetgrass for Adults. Also, you know, by Robin Wall Kimmerer. But I really love this second edition, the way that Things have been condensed beautifully. And around page 85 of Braiding Sweetgrass for Young Adults, um, Robin Wall Kimmerer begins to tell the story 
of the Onondaga Nation School, how the school week begins and ends not with the Pledge of Allegiance, but with the Thanksgiving Address. She says, quote, A river of words as old as the people themselves, known more accurately in the Onondaga language as the words that come before all else. This ancient order of protocol sets gratitude as the highest priority. The gratitude is directed straight to the ones who share their gifts with the world. And then she goes on to say that you can't listen to the Thanksgiving address without feeling wealthy. And while expressing gratitude seems innocent enough, it is a revolutionary idea. In a consumer society, contentment is a radical proposition. Recognizing abundance rather than scarcity undermines an economy that thrives by creating unmet desires. Gratitude cultivates an ethic of fullness, but the economy needs emptiness. The Thanksgiving address reminds you that you already have everything you need. Gratitude doesn't send you out shopping to find satisfaction. And that's good medicine for land and people alike. So it feels essential that we also don't try to just seek out nourishment from the human realms around us, but work to expand our sense of relational intimacy so that we can go to the old mother oak, and that's just as nourishing as going to the next door neighbor. Or we can go to the river and that soothes us just as well or better than some like super sweet dessert. So there are so many avenues of belonging and ways of being held, but oftentimes it takes a purposeful breaking of old cultural patterning within us. Um, this like deep training that when we're lonely, the only options are to go to our therapist or cry in the shower. And it really is this disconnection from place and our more than human kin that is one of the most critical issues of our times. This deep loneliness and lack of relational nurturance is profound. We're disconnected from the wholeness of the land, and so we go searching for this wholeness elsewhere. And I like to try and remember that the living world does not consider us a foreign species. It's taken me a little while to get to this place um, because it feels really easy to be mired with an overall sense of shame or confusion or outrage or anguish at the human race in general and the way that we keep hurting ourselves and the other beings we live with. But all of that said, the earth still wants to be in making with us, loving with us, belonging with us, if only, only we will remember to do the same. So those are some of the primary themes of the earth element, but instead of trying to understand them sheerly from the mental realm, it feels like a really good moment to tune into our animal bodies and to ask, and to ask our bodies, what does this late summer earth element feel like in me? Not from a mentally figuring it out sort of place, but from a truly embodied sense. What is my body, 
as this radiant fortress of life, as this astonishing, fragile, ferocious temple, know about this time of year. So go ahead and put both of your hands on on your abdomen near your belly button. Perhaps imagining a time when there once was an umbilical cord here, when you, when times are simpler perhaps, and you got your nurturance from somewhere or somewhere else, someone else. So tuning in a little deeper to what you find here. How are you holding yourself here? What does your body's voice have to say about this area? Is there a stuckness, a weakness, an unshakable sturdiness here? And I'm finding as I'm as I put my hands here that they naturally want to slowly travel in a in a clockwise direction, this sort of gentle self-touch, this gentle movement. This is truly the equinox place in your body, a balancing of light and dark, yin and yang. This is your center, your ground, your rich black soil, your inner garden. Think of human, humanity, humility, all coming from the same word root, humus or humilis, which means low or on the ground, dirt or earth. So to be human means we are coming from returning to in honor of the earth, the soil, the matter, the matrix, the mother the true divinity of our flesh. So rest here as long as you'd like, breathing through your center, letting your belly be as full as it wants to be. And when you feel truly connected to this area of your body, when you've tuned in to its voice and how it's feeling, Perhaps shift your focus to the land beneath you. No matter how many floors up you might be, just in your mind's eye, let yourself sit, lay on, or fall down to the earth. I've been watching this lately with the sunflowers, how they've been falling to the earth, laying face down on the earth, And I've thought about how they've been, through their body language, they've been giving me a reminder, this message to remember to, once in a while, just lay down on the earth. So no matter where you are in actual time or space, no matter how damaged or humanly impacted the place where you are may be, connect with some deeper receptive layer of the earth. And in your mind's eye, begin to synchronize the inhale and the exhale through your belly, 
with the breathing living earth. We have so much training in thinking about the earth and all the beings around us as, as being dead in some way. So really feeling into the livingness of the earth. And rest here. If you rest long enough, your imagination might begin to get a little wild or more exploratory. You might feel some merging happening. Maybe some morning glory vines will grow through your hair or feathers might pop out along the tops of your shoulders. Roots might start to grow out of each of your toes. And then call in the spirit of gratitude. Gratitude for the way this place holds you, feeds you, informs your life. So in one final contemplation, you might wonder, what intention do I wish for the earth with my whole belly, with my whole body? And how might I use this intent to inform my presence in the world? Well, may you feel deeply into the spirit questions of this season, this precious fleeting time that the fruit is on the vine before everything truly can't resist falling down towards the earth. May you use this time to know the vessel of your body as sacred, pouring a sense of delicious, full satisfaction deep within, filling your nooks and crannies and cracks with a sense of archaic wholeness. May you know all kinds of nourishment, but particularly the sustenance that comes from entanglement, a knowing that you are loved by the crush of mountain hearts and star grandmother arms. All right, I'm wishing you a glorious, fully satiated late summer season. Much gratitude to everyone listening. I really appreciate you spending this time with me. And if it felt helpful at all, if it felt of benefit to your life, please do consider leaving a review or subscribing to the podcast ongoingly from whatever your preferred listening source is. I'd also encourage you to check out KendraWard.com. This is the place where you can find old episodes to catch up on. There's so many great past conversations. And this is also the place where you can learn a little bit more about my work as an acupuncturist and land alchemist. I provide in-person acupuncture and energy work for human bodies in Vermont. And I provide land alchemy and energy work for land bodies. And if you've never heard of this term, land alchemy, there is a lovely video there for you to watch. If you're curious, you can learn more at KendraWard.com. Well, a belly full of love for you. Bye for now.